Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is a podcast where I chat with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, where we focus on Magic Arena. Well, everyone, Corset 2021 is here. There's so many new cards to play with, so many great legendary cards to build brawl decks with. So this episode will be a solo episode where I talk about every single new legendary in Corset 2021 and possible deck builds in Brawl and Commander 2, I suppose, but with a focus on Brawl. You've really got to see the video version of the podcast, so head on over to patreon.com slash vmcampos and you'll see it there for free. That's the way I recommend you listen to this episode. So let's get started. Okay, first up, in white, we've got Mangara. This is a character that's been around since 1996, since Mirage Block, way back in the day, back in the good old days, back during my day. And now uh, the character has a card. So this is a four mana, two four human cleric with lifelink. Whenever an opponent attacks with creatures, if two or more of those creatures are attacking you and or planeswalkers you control, draw a card. Whenever an opponent casts their second spell, each turn draw a card. Okay, so this commander cares about getting attacked to draw cards. Here's an example of wizards starting to give white card draw. Mono white always struggles with that. So if the idea with this commander is to draw cards from attacking, that means you're going to need blockers. That means you're going to need to survive the long game. So one of the big things that I'm going to focus on in this particular deck is to have lifelink creatures. If we do a search here, we've got 21 creatures that have lifelink at the moment. So going in order here, Alcide of Life's Bounty, Charm Stray, etc. So there's a bunch of lifelink creatures. Heliod, Sun Crown, who's also indestructible. Cub Warden, who also makes cats. Sunblade Angel, and then Sephara Sky's Blade. 7-7, seven, seven, Flying Lifelink. Okay, so you're going to gain a lot of life. Uh, little by little to survive the later game, draw lots of cards or your opponent's attacking you. You'll, you'll have blockers in the beginning uh, with life gain, and you'll also have life gain in the later game with big creatures to really take a beating. Look at that 3-5 Cub Warden or that 5-5 Baneslayer Angel. So big creatures with lifelink. Okay, besides that, you've also got payoffs life gain payoffs we've got good old johnny's pride mate gain life this 2-2 becomes bigger and bigger and bigger angel of vitality it's a three mana for four four as long as you've got at least 25 life you start brawl with 25 life this is already if you don't get touched a four four for three mana with flying obviously you're going to gain more life so it'll be pretty big as always Gideon's Company, I love this guy. 3-3, three, three, 4 mana, put 2 one, 1 counters every time you gain life. The big crux of the deck is lots of life gain creatures. Gideon's Company loves that. The Twin Blade Paladin also loves that. Also 4 mana, also a 3-3, three, three, and you put a counter every time you gain life. But then, as long as you have 25 life or more, this has double strike. This is one of the big payoffs in this life gain deck. Lots of life gain creatures in mono white to get to these big payoffs. Now, also, we're going to have various enchantments to hold off the opponents as we are attacking with our life gain creatures and making our life gain enablers even better. Demotion, a creature cannot block Heliod's punishment. You lock it down until they go through the through the through the punishment. 
pacifism, just good old pacifism, lock down a creature, trapped in the tower, similar except for flyers. Luminous bonds, similar to uh, pacifism, because uh, you can never have more than one pacifism effect. Dreadful apathy, very similar, although then you can exile the creature permanently. And then also we're going to fill the deck with humans. What I like to do is, what are the themes of a particular commander? This is a human cleric. So we've got 18 humans that we can work with. For example, Soul Mender. It also gains you life. Tap it to gain life, enabling that other good stuff. Speaker of the Heavens. It's got Vigilance. It's got Lifelink. It can create angels. That is, if you have seven more life than your starting point. You start with 25 life in Brawl. So that'd be 32. As long as you have 32, you can just tap it and keep making angels. Amazing. Dranith Healer. Cycle a card. Gain some life. Daybreak Captain. Just summon it. You gain life. Bishop of Wings, gain some life. When angels die, you make spirits, and so forth. So that's the idea with Mangara. Life gain, creatures, building lots of life to really surpass your opponent's totals, holding them off, locking them down, drawing cards as they're trying to send wave after wave at you to bring down your life total. You're just drawing cards to get to some really big threats like Safara. Next up in blue, we've got Beren, Tolarian Archmage. Three mana, two, two, human wizard. When Beren uh, enters the battlefield, return up to one other target creature or planeswalker to your hand. At the beginning of your end step, if you did this to one of your permanents, you draw a card. Okay, so a blue uh, wizard is gonna care about uh, blinking things, card advantage, and so forth. So this deck is going to work like this. We're going to have a focus on hexproof creatures. Blue is really tricky this way. So the trickiest of creatures are hexproof creatures. We've got the Homunculus, five mana for two five hexproof. So it'll be a great blocker. Mesmerizing Benthid, I love this one. Five mana, four five. When it enters, it creates two zero two illusions. As long as you've got illusions, the Benthid is hexproof. Four five hexproof, love that. And then whenever. You have to block with that illusion. It then locks down your opponent's creature. Shimmering Dragon. Six mana for a 5-6 flying. As long as you have artifacts, it's got hexproof. You tap those artifacts, you draw a card. Spined Megalodon. Here's a new one. Seven mana. 5-7. Hexproof. And when it attacks, you scry one. I love that little shark. And then the Wingful Pterodon. You can choose to have this flying or hexproof. So again, you've got like this fun hexproof contingent of creatures to help defend your commander, Baron. You can also blink these, return them back to the hand when Baron enters to draw cards. You want to have a lot of card draw abilities. So here's various creatures that when they themselves are summoned or have some attachment of paying mana to draw cards, you'll get double the card draw. Cloudkin here, three mana, two one. It draws you a card. Bring it in, uh, bring Baron in, and then bounce it back to your hand. Draws you a card. Cast it again. You draw another card. More cards, more good to defeat your opponent. Fairy formation. It's a five four with flying. You can also use it as a mana sink to keep putting mana into it and creating one one blue fairies and drawing cards. So the more mana that you have, the more fairies you can create, the more cards you can draw. And with Baron bouncing them back, you can keep doing that over and over. Fibblethip. Summon it. Draw a card. Bounce it back with Baron. Cast it again. You get another two mana one one. Draw another card. So. We're also trying to draw cards and hold off the opponent so that we get our big threats. Here's a bunch of creatures that are huge in blue. 
The Ventress Gargoyle for two mana is a 5-4 flyer. Now it's got stipulations in that it cannot attack unless defending player has seven or more cards in their graveyard. And it cannot block unless you have four or more cards in your hand. But at a 5-4 for two mana, it could go pretty far. Tap it to then mill everyone. Thassa, another blink effect right here to keep getting an effect over and over, not just from Baron, but also from Thassa. Cavalier of Gales, 5-5 five, five flying. Draw three cards, put two back. And if it dies, shuffle it into the library, scry two. So again, these are the big creatures that are going to strike fear into the hearts of your opponents as a blue mage. Voracious Great Shark, it's flash, 5-4. And when it enters, counter a creature spell. So it's a shark, it's a counter spell, it's got flash, it's on the battlefield. Which again, you can blink back to get more card advantage from Baron. And ultimately, the biggest, scariest creatures, Waker of the Waves, 7 mana, 7-7. Seven, seven. Creatures your opponent's control get minus one, minus zero. Spined Megalodon, as I said. Pursued Whale, seven mana, eight, eight. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent creates a one, one red pirate. Pirates cannot actually block. And then spells that your opponents try to cast upon the whale cost three more. So a lot of tricky blue mage stuff in Baron's deck. Moving over to black, we have two legendary creatures we could make decks out of. Starting off first with Karavik the Spiteful. Here's another creature, a uh, character that's been around since the days of Mirage. He's got his own card here. Four mana, three, two. Other creatures get minus one, minus one. Now, Karavik is very spiteful, so all other creatures get minus one, minus one. Not just your opponent, so be careful about that. Don't rely on a lot of little creatures in this deck. What you're going to rely on is Death Touch creatures. So let's look at some amazing Death Touch creatures. Void Beckoner, 8 mana for an 8-8. Eight, eight. Death Touch. You might have to cycle it away in the early game, but then you'll give another creature Death Touch if you do. A little bit more affordably, 6 mana, Feral Abomination, 5-5 five, five Death Touch. Insatiable Hemophage, 4 mana, 3-3, three, three, it's got Death Touch. If it mutated, each opponent loses X life, and you gain X life where X is the number of times this creature mutated. So I'm building a big board of Death Touch creatures here to protect Karvik. They're going to be bigger than your opponent's, so even though Karvik is going to weaken them a little bit, your creatures are still going to be stronger, and they're all going to have Death Touch and all that good stuff. So as we're seeing here, there's just a variety of creatures to choose from, even down to the smallest ones are going to be pretty impressive. But when you've got things like the Grim Dancer, 3 mana for a 3-3 three, three, that enters with two counters of either Menace, Death Touch, or Lifelink... I think that's pretty impressive. A lot of great creatures with uh, Death Touch for Karavik to play with. We've also got a lot of humans in black that we can play with. Again, skip all the ones that are just 1-1s one -ones because Karvik is going to uh, take them out. But there's going to be plenty of other creatures that are a little bit bigger than just 1-1s one -ones that can also do amazing things. Tavern Swindler, for example, is a 2-2. Pay 3 life. Flip a coin. If you win the flip, you gain 6 life. So gaining more life than your opponent outmaneuvering them with Death Touch, bringing out these evil humans to help you out. I think Karvek's deck can be pretty spiteful. The other black creature of uh, Corset 2021 is Vito, Thorn of the Dusk Rose, Vampire. Whenever you gain life, target opponent loses that much life. So this deck's going to re rely again on uh, life gain, but this time in black. Play five mana, creatures you control gain lifelink. So if you have to force lifelink, you'll be able to do so. Besides that, well... Uh, once again, we're going to have lifelink creatures. This time in black, there's plenty to choose from. Archfiend's Vessel for one mana. You get a 1-1 one, one, lifelink. If you manage to bring it back somehow, not just by summoning it, it comes back as a 5-5. Five, five. 
We've got Banehound. It's a 1-1 lifelink. And Haste. We've got the Thirsting Shade. It's a 1-1 lifelink. As a mana sink, you pump in as much black mana as you can. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Lots of lifelink. I like that. Jumping again further, we can have the Murderous Rider. I love this one. It lets you uh, murder or uh, swift end uh, an opponent's creature or planeswalker. You lose two life, no big deal. Then you summon it as a 2-3 with lifelink. If it dies, shuffle it back into your library. Cavalier of Night, one of the biggest, baddest creatures in black. Five mana, four, five lifelink. When it enters, sacrifice one of your lowly creatures to then destroy one of your opponent's creatures. And if it dies, return a small thing from the graveyard back to the hand. And then we've got the Haunt of High Tower. I love this legendary vampire. Six mana, three, three, flying lifelink. Whenever this attacks, opponent discards a card. Beautiful. Whenever a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, this gets a plus one. Okay, so if the opponent cracks their fetch land, Fabled Passage, that counts, this gets bigger. Whenever an opponent uses an instant or sorcery, that counts. Goes to the graveyard, this gets bigger. Whenever you mill the opponent, this counts. I love the haunt so much. Very cool vampire. Speaking of which, don't forget to load this deck with a bunch of other vampires. Vito will be lonely if you don't put in the Knight of the Ebon Legion, Vampire of the Dire Moon. I love all of these vampires. Bloodthirsty Aerialist with all that life gain that you're doing. This is going to get bigger and bigger. With all that damage that you're doing with Death Touch creatures, the Savage Gorger will get bigger. So vampires, don't, don't sleep on them. Epicure of Blood. Double damage, double life gain, love that. And then, of course, maybe a Soren Planeswalker to cheat in some vampires to keep Vito company. In red, we've also got two legendary creatures to build from. First off, let's start with Gadric, the Crown Scourge. Three mana, five, four, flying dragon. What's the catch? Here's the catch. Gadric cannot attack unless you control four or more artifacts. It's just like any good dragon hoarding. Uh, it's not going to leave unless it's got plenty of artifacts to, to protect. It can still block, but it can't attack. How does it go? He protect, but he cannot attack? Here's how he can attack. At the beginning of your end step, create a treasure token for each non-token creature that died this turn. So as your opponent's creatures die, you make treasures out of them. You make artifacts. More artifacts that you have, then Gadrak is coaxed to attack. Okay, very nice. Well, here's how you can further coax it to attack equipment there's 10 equipment cards you can work with to put artifacts onto the battlefield to then do amazing things and then have an amazing gadrek so there's so many with only one casting cost bronze sword with one mana equip at three give a creature plus two plus zero colossus hammer one equip with eight give a creature plus ten plus ten screaming shield shadow spear now this one's amazing one mana equip for only two gives a creature plus one plus one trample and lifelink and then have your opponent's creatures uh, lose hexproof and indestructible short sword is coming back incredibly efficient one mana equip for one glavy of the guild pack two equip it for three give a creature vigilance and menace plus one for gates if you also do a gate strategy so oh and then uh, the mirror shield give your creature hexproof for an equipment of two it costs two or wings of hubris so once you've got all of those equipment out those artifacts out pretty easily gadrak will be able to attack no problem and there's also a bunch of other dragons there's 12 dragons that could be part of your horde over here opportunistic dragon four mana comes in as a four three and then it steals 
a human or artifact from your opponent, and you get to keep it as long as you've got your dragon. Rapacious dragon, five mana, three, three, and then it also makes two treasure tokens. I like that, making Gadrock ready to attack even easier. Skargan Hellkite, it's a four, four. It has riot, so it can attack with haste as a four, four flyer, or if you hold it back uh, as a blocker, it's a plus one, plus one. Pay four, deals two damage, divided as you choose among one or two targets, any target. Uh, creature, opponent, planeswalker. Activate this ability only if Skargan Hellkite has a counter on it. So that means you had to have rioted it, but made it stay back. And then all the other classic dragons, Sheevan Dragon, and so forth. So plenty of dragons for the Gadric deck. Next up in red, we've got two legendaries to work with. First up is Subira. This is Teferi's wife. So now she's got a card, Subiri, Tulziri, Caravaneer. So this deck is going to focus on haste, creatures, human creatures, sneak attack creatures, because for one, another target creature with power two or less cannot be blocked this turn. Or red and one tap, discard your hand until end of turn whenever a creature you control with power two or less deals damage to a player draw card. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a bunch of humans. Humans is the big creature type of this deck, so we've got plenty of them. Fervent Champion, Burning Prophet, Draneth Singer, a lot of low-cost, amazing humans. Robber of the Rich... Well, better yet, we're going to have humans that are small. You know, we've got the Erencrag Pyromancer, Unchained Berserker, Burning Tree Vandal, etc. Smaller human creatures that then you can easily make unblockable with Subira's ability here. Make it unblockable. So a lot of creatures that could attack unblockable. After they get in through unblockable, you have plenty of cards, 32 instants, to then do amazing things. Barge in, give the creature plus two, plus two. Heightened reflexes, give it plus one and first strike. Infuriate, give it plus three, plus two. So all of these amazing instants to uh, make your little creatures from small to swole. And then Subira will really enjoy that because especially if you do her other ability here where every creature that then deals damage draws you cards, more cards, more creatures, more damage, more good, not so good for your opponent. So it's a small creatures, humans, efficient, a lot of sneak attack, instant sort of things on blockability. That's what Subira is all about. Green also has two possible uh, legendaries. Azusa, Lost But Seeking, 3 mana, 1, 2, Human Monk. You may play 2 additional lands each of your turns. Okay, so the name of the game here is Ramp into Huge Creatures. We're going to do that by having a bunch of mana dorks, especially the small efficient ones. Turn 1, Gilded Goose. That'll let you ramp very quickly on turn two. Turn one, Cerulee Caretaker, same thing. You just need another creature. You ramp a little faster. Humble Naturalist, Elysian Cardited, etc. Two mana, mana dorks. They give you more mana to do more things. Paradise Druid, etc. And even to the beefiest one, Centaur Nurturer. Two, four, one mana of any color uh, gains you life. So plenty of mana dorks to work with to get to the bigger creatures. Well, we also want to play more lands if Azusa is letting us do so. So... So things like Open the Gates lets you search for one mana, uh, any land or gate to then further play. Nissa's Triumph, same thing, two green to go search for two basics if you control a Nissa. Instead, go search for three. Uh, plenty of these. Cultivate. This is when we get on the three mana. This is when we get to actually go find a land and put it into play even faster. Cultivate. Go search for two lands. Put one into the battlefield. Put one into your hand. 
Omen of the Hunt, three mana, flash it in it as an enchantment, go do the same thing, go find a land, put into the battlefield tap, later on sacrifice it to scry, and on here. Circuitous root, four mana to do this for two and so forth. Uh, so, big ramp, so that then you can get into big creatures. This is ultimately where we want to go. The huge seven or more power creatures. Arboretum Elemental, it's a 7-5. Garuk Scorehorn, it's a 7-3. Vort Claw, 7-7. Seven, seven. Then we get even bigger. Nisian Boar, 10-6. Titanox Rex, 11-11. Impervious Great Worm, 1616, get in my squad here. Azusa definitely wants to find you. The other green um, legendary is Jolreal, Monvuli Recluse, another character from back in Teferi's time, back in Mirage Block. Okay, two mana, one two, human druid. Whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a 2-2 green cat creature token. So part of what this deck strategy is, drawing cards, making cats. 6 mana. Until end of turn, creatures you control have base power and toughness XX, which is the number of cards in your hand. More card draw for the later game so that then your creatures can get plus 3, plus 3, plus 5, plus 5, plus 7, plus 7. Okay, so cats is the name of the game. There are not a lot of green cats for Brawl. So here we've got, of course, Generous Stray, 3 mana. Draws you a card. Okay, cool. Makes me another cat with Jolreal. Pride Malkin, 3 mana, 2-1. Put a plus 1 counter on any creature you control. And if creatures have plus 1, they have Trample. Sabertooth Mauler, it's a 3-3 three, three for 4 mana. At the beginning of your end step, if a creature died, put a plus 1. Keeper of Fables, if your non-humans deal damage, you draw a card. So more card draw. And then, of course, we've got the Feline Sovereign. Uh, other cats get a plus 1, plus 1. And then when cats deal damage to the player, destroy one of their artifacts or enchantments. There is an honorary cat here, Prophet of the Peak. It's a 5-5 artifact cat, and when it enters, you scry 2. You're also going to have card draw by having the Beast Whisper. It's a 2-3 for 4 mana. When it enters, you draw a card. You're going to have the Season of Growth, 2 mana. Whenever you summon a creature, scry 1. Whenever you target your own creature, draw a card. Better yet, the best card draw in repeatable card draw in green guardian project you need this one four mana enchantment whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control if it wasn't the same name as another one draw a card everything in brawl is singleton so you're going to be drawing cards automatically over and over with guardian project once you get enough creatures you'll be able to summon the great henge which will then gain you life ramp you mana and any non-token creatures that enter get plus one counters love that more card draw. Edge Wall Innkeeper. For one green mana, you get a 1-1, one, one, and whenever an adventure creature is cast, you draw a card. Well, obviously, then, there's plenty of adventure creatures to add in here in green. Flax and Intruder for simply one. Curious Pair for one. Lovestruck Beast for three. Rosethorn Acolyte that also gives you mana of any color, but it's an adventure card and so forth. So the Edge Wall Innkeeper can help you with more of that card draw. And then ultimately, you're building a green cat army to add Icon of Ancestry to select cat. All cats get plus one to overrun your opponent. So Joel Rial is the cat lady that I want to hang out with in Mono Green. Next up in Multicolored, we've got Niambi, Esteemed Speaker. This is Teferi's daughter, actually. And she's got some tricky Time Mage stuff going on. She's a 2-1 for 2 with Flash. So there's going to be a Flash theme happening in this deck. When she enters, you may return another target creature you control back to your hand if you do gain life. 
or you may pay three, discard a legendary, and draw two cards. So let's look how this deck comes together. I like to put in this deck the, the brand new shrines. We had these various hondens before, these various shrines, and now we've got these new shrines, these sanctums. Sanctum of Tranquil Light for one white, lets you then tap your opponent's creatures if you've got the mana for it. And Sanctum of Calm Waters for four mana in blue, lets you draw cards based on how many sanctums you have, how many shrines you have actually, and then discard one. So I want to put these in here because in these Azorius colors, I think they fit pretty well. What fits even better is Flash, Flash Creatures. There's plenty of Flash Creatures in Azorius to work with. Spectral Sailor, one blue mana for a 1-1 one, one with Flying and Flash. Later on, pay four to draw a card. Brineborn Cutthroat, two mana as a 2-1 Flash. And whenever you cast spells during your opponent's turns, this gets bigger and bigger. Containment Priest, such as this one. Uh, two mana to then... Flash cast it and stop a non-token creature entering the battlefield being cheated. So we've got the Brazen Borrower to bounce back something to the opponent's hand or bring it in as a 3-1. We've got the Vexing Gull that comes in on the opponent's turn, steals their fish, and then is ready to attack. Better yet, mutate it into a C-Dash or Octopus to also draw you cards. So at the top end, we've also got the Pouncing Shore Shark, 4-3. Bounce back the opponent's creature, you get a 4-3. Angel of Grace, 5-4 for 5 mana, flash and flying. And basically, if you're about to die, you don't die. And then for 6 mana, your life total becomes 10 from your graveyard. Dream Eater, it's a big old nightmare sphinx. It's a 4-3 flash flying scry 4. And then bounce back something to the opponent's hand. Thrix, the sudden storm, is pretty amazing as a flash creature, a flying creature. And also decreases the casting cost of big creatures. What's also cool, a way to build Niambi's deck is to focus on legendary things. So we can have Shadow Sphere and the Ozolith as legendary artifacts. We can have Daxos as a legendary uh, demigod, Tomik as a distinguished advocate, and so forth. So plenty of low-cost, high-quality legendaries in Azorius to do some cool things. Baron could get in there as well, or Alirios and such, Gadwick the Wizened, and Dovin Planeswalkers, and so forth. Or you can use them as fodder to discard these legendaries from your hand to then draw two cards to do other things. So Niambi can be pretty tricky in her deck with a lot of flash shenanigans going on. Next up in Gruul Colors, we have Rada, Heart of Keld. Three mana, three, three. As long as it's your turn, Rada has first strike. You may look at the top card of your library at any time, and you may play lands from the top. So that means only on your turn, of course. You can only play lands on your turn. This doesn't mean look at your, your land on the top of your library during your opponent's turn and play it. You can only play lands in the proper time. So anytime it's your turn, play from the top. That means you play from the top, not from your hand. Because if you drew a land that you've got another one waiting, that's that's kind of dead. So pay play the one off the top so that you clear the next one coming. Anyway, so then we've got uh, six mana. Rada gets plus X based on the number of lands you control. So there's going to be a theme of first strike, a theme of lands, and trample. So so first off, let's uh, look at the first strike creatures. These are creatures that have built-in first strike. Fervent Champion, 1-1 one, one first strike. Haste, Grim Initiate, 1-1 one, one first strike when it dies a mass. So forth. Lots of great one, lots of great um, first strikers. Prickly Marmoset, 2-3. Whenever you cycle, this gets plus 2 until end of turn. Normally, it's already just got a, a first strike. 2-3 first strike is nice. It can become a 4-3 first strike. 
The Anvil Rot Raptor, a 2-1 flying in first strike. Momentum Rumbler, I love this one. It's a 3-3 that gains first strike the first time it attacks, and then subsequent times it gets double strike. It's a lot of great big. Uh, what about the first strike? 6-4 Sanctuary Smasher. I love that. When you cycle this, you could give a first strike counter to another creature. So imagine getting this beautiful 6-4 first strike creature into Rada's deck. You can have other creatures, of course, and you can give them first strike, such as with heightened reflexes. One red mana, target creature gets plus one until end of turn, and then put a first strike counter. So a permanent first strike counter and a plus one temporarily. Sure strike the creature, uh, two mana instant plus three, first strike until end of turn. Storm strike plus one, first strike and a scry. So plenty of ways to give creatures first strike that don't have it. I also want to give Trample to these creatures to really push through. So Shadow Spear will do the thing. One mana to cast it, two mana to equip it, plus one Trample and Lifelink. Footfall Crater, Enchant the Land. One red, tap it, gives a creature Trample and Haste, or cycle it if you don't need it. Ferocity of the Wilds, three mana Enchantment, give your non-humans plus one and Trample. Really nice on that, especially those non-humans with First Strike. Garuk's Uprising, 3 mana. When this enters the battlefield, if you've got a big creature, f 4 power or more, draw a card. Later, as this is on the field, when a big creature of power 4 or more enters, draw a card. And then your creatures have Trample. Street Riot, 5 mana. Enchantment, as long as it's your turn, any creatures, any of your creatures get first uh, plus 1 and Trample. We've got a few creatures that give Trample. Nylea's Forerunner, 5 mana, 5-3, Enchantment Creature Beast. It has Trample, it gives your other creatures Trample. And then, of course, we need the Aggressive Mammoth. 7 mana, 8-8 eight, eight with Trample, gives your other creatures Trample. Well, one reason we're giving all your creatures Trample and First Strike and all the good stuff is because then you want to overcome. Sorcery, 5 mana, give all your creatures plus 2 and Trample. Imagine that Trample plus that First Strike to all of your creatures. I love that. Now again, don't forget about Rada's ultimate ability. Six mana, she gets uh, plus X plus X based on the number of lands you control. So in green, of course, you'll have these spells to go get you more lands, such as cultivate three mana, go grab two lands, put one into the field, one into your hand, omen of the hunt, search for one land, put it into the battlefield, scry with it later, circuitous route, migration path, etc. So plenty of ways uh, to put more lands on the field to make more creatures, but also to make Rod a pretty swole. Next up, we've got Rin and Seri, inseparable in Naya colors. That's red, white, and green. So finally, we've got more dog and cat support. Finally, all hounds are dogs. So this is like the perfect card for everyone to build an amazing fun commander deck, a fun brawl deck. Let's see what we've got here. We've got a dog and cat. They did miss the boat. They didn't call it a cat dog, just like the cartoon. 4-4. Four, four. Whenever you cast a dog spell, create a 1-1 one, one cat. Whenever you cast a cat spell, create a 1-1 one, one dog. Okay, cool. You're going to build your little army of furry friends. 3 mana in, in Naya, plus tap. Rin and Seri deals damage to any target, opponent, creature, planeswalker, equal to the number of dogs you control, and you gain life equal to the number of cats you control. So a lot of life gain could happen, and then like some vicious direct attack for the final damage, as you've got lots of cats and dogs. So let's see how we can build this deck, this brawl deck. First of all, we'll start with cats. There are 32 Naya-colored cats. 
to make brawl decks out of. From the smallest Charmed Stray, one white mana, one one lifelink, to the biggest Prophet of the Peak, six mana artifact, five five with Scry, and everything in between. There's just lots of great cats to choose from. I, I could put all 32 cats in here and I'd still have plenty of slots for other things in the deck, but there's a lot of great strategies like a Johnny's Pride Mate plus the Charm Stray, you know, lifelink. We've got the Bronze Hide Lion, which is a 3-3, can become indestructible. When it dies, it gives another creature its mantle to make it indestructible. Hero of the Pride, it's a 2-2 with heroic in terms of when you target this with a spell your other creatures get plus one you've got this amazing combo over here with the frondland felidar giving all vigilance creatures the ability to tap your opponent's creature so you couple that of course with kahira which gives all your cats vigilance give all your cats vigilance with kahira then make them tap your opponent's creatures with frondland felidar you can attack hold priority then, respond to yourself, and then tapping the opponent's creatures, and then they come in attacking tapped, but then you've already tapped them out. We also then have another Cat Lord, Feline Sovereign. So if you've got both Kahira and the Sovereign, you're giving all your cats plus one, plus one. So yeah, plenty of cats too, to put this great deck together. Cub Warden makes more cats. Huntmaster gives all your creatures plus X based on the number of mutations. So lots of great cats. There are less dogs to work with. I would probably put all of them, but let's look at a few of them here. Selfless Savior. It's a one white mana, one, one. You can then sacrifice it to have another creature gain indestructible, such as your Brawlmander, Rin and Seri themselves. You have Chandra's Magmut. This is a two mana. Uh, for red, it's a 2-2 tap it to deal damage to a player or planeswalker. So snipe that planeswalker pretty easily. Igneous Cur, 2 mana, 1-2. You can then give it uh, Fire Breathing, that is paying 1 red and 1 more to give it plus 2 until end of turn. I love the Bolt Hound, 3 mana, 2-2, two, two, it has haste. Whenever Bolt Hound attacks, other creatures you control get plus 1. So not only your other dogs, but your cats can get an extra plus 1 when this Bolt Hound attacks. Rambunctious Mutt. 5 mana, 3, 4. When it enters, destroy an artifact or enchantment. An opponent controls, and you get this good little doggy. And then, of course, you need the pack leader. 2 mana. Other dogs get plus 1, plus 1 until end of turn. Whenever pack leader attacks, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn to dogs, including itself. You have pack leader attacking, bolt hound attacking. All your dogs get plus 1, and then get indestructible damage at that attack phase. Not a lot of dogs to work with, but the ones that are here are pretty great. Speaking of dogs and cats and all that fun stuff, Animal Sanctuary is the land that will then let you pay two and a tap to put a counter on any bird, cat, dog, goat, ox, or snake that you control. So as you've got this mana sink, as the game goes longer, you keep putting counters on these little pets to make them into big ones. Better yet, how about the Icon of Ancestry? Three mana. As it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type, cat, dog, whatever. So all of the creatures of that type get plus one. Great. Three and tap. Look at the top three cards of your library. You may reveal a card that is of that type. Put it into your hand. The rest at the bottom. Along those lines, heraldic banner, three mana, mana rock. Choose a color. Creatures of that type get a plus one. Plus and then taps to give you mana of any color. 
Glass of the Guild Pact is two mana to give your multicolored creatures a plus one. So there's not a lot of the multicolored creatures, but definitely Rin and Sari becomes a 5-5 five five when you've got that Glass of the Guild Pact. In the cats, we've got a few multicolored cats. We've got the Frondland Felidar, that becomes a 4-6. We've got the Frenzied Erinx, that becomes a 4-4. Four, four. It can even become a 5-5 five, five if you riot it, and gets even stronger with 6 mana, plus 3. We've also got Kahira, multicolored. And others like the Savai Thundermane and the Regal Leosar. Forgot to mention that one. When you mutate this one, all your creatures get plus 2, plus 1. How about some Ferocity of the Wilds? Three mana in red to give your non-humans, and I'm making a really strong non-human focused deck. Um, they all get plus one. And Trample, Street Riot, also in red, Enchantment, all your creatures get plus one and Trample if it's your turn. In white, think about this, the Circle of Loyalty. It's six mana, but it gets a cost decrease if you have knights, but it's not knight focused. So six mana, Artifact, all your creatures get plus two, plus one. So if you want to be totally on brand, you might not want this card, but it does give all your cats and dogs plus one. Here's a newer card as well. Three mana. This is a creature wall defender, but your attacking creatures get another plus one plus zero. A lot of great go-wide strategies. And then finally, Trostani Discordant, the honorary cat dog. She's a dryad, but five mana to summon a one four and your creatures get plus one plus one. If your creatures get stolen, Tristani brings them back. Of course, you want to bring back these cute little cats and dogs back to your side. Rin and Seri are inseparable. So there you go, everyone. Plenty of decks, plenty of ideas, plenty of starting points to get to even bigger and better things. I hope this long video has made you think about different ways to make an amazing deck, I'd love to hear about those ideas. Tell me in the comments. Tell me what you would do to improve Rin and Seri's deck, or Azusa's deck, or Rada's deck. I'd love to hear that. I tried to make these decks that really followed the flavor of each Brawlmander. What it does, what kind of creature it is, good synergies, and so forth. There's still more to do to fully craft a deck, of course. You need a good mana base. You need mana rocks, removal, and so forth. But this is what I wanted to do in this video in giving you these starting points to make some pretty cool creature-focused brawl decks with the brand new commanders, of course, at 2021. If you enjoyed the video, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Possibly go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash vmcampos. Think about pledging for $1. You get access to exclusive stuff if you go to the $1 tier. At the $2 tier, I'll actually mail you some vintage magic cards from my collection in thanks. But no, not a Black Lotus. Or simply follow for free. I appreciate that as well. You will get alerted to everything that I do if you simply follow. If you can't pledge at the moment, no worries. Like, subscribe, share, comment, all that good stuff. It means a lot to me. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.